to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shaw-Flam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I'm Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. Before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. I wanted to take a second to thank our patrons who are supporting the show on Patreon. That includes many people, but especially Andrew, Jan, Lola, Mike, Dave, Jason, Libby, Maddie, Ben, Sarah, Patricia, and Ethan. Um, We've been able to do cool stuff. Um, When I recently um, talked to um, Jenna, the author of Eat to Love in last week's episode, um, or two weeks ago's episode, I guess, I used our fancy new ring light to light it so that I could post the video on our YouTube page um, and all the patrons got first access to that video. Um, So if you want first access to cool things we do and to support the show as we try to grow, you can join us at patreon.com slash justonemorepodcast or just go to our website justonemorepodcast.com and click become a patron at the top of the page. You can join us for as little as a dollar a month. Or as much as a million dollars a month. Whatever, you know, works for you. There's yeah. a real range. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> um, so, this week I wanted to talk about machines at the gym. I wasn't even totally sure if machines was the right thing to say. <laughs> because a machine seems like a thing that, like, does the work and you're still doing the work when you use these. But I'm talking about the, like, big gray and black things that are sitting in the middle of the gym that I walk straight past on my way to stand in a corner and use hand weights. Um, And, you know, when you talk about, like, why do you pay for a gym membership, there are a lot of reasons. I mean, many people don't, but why do I pay for a gym membership? Um, There are lots of reasons. One is just, like, having a dedicated space that you, like, go outside of your house. One is so that you have somewhere to shower when your hot water gets turned (laughs) off. Ah, it's so real. Um... But another one is because they have stuff that you can't have at home. They have, like, tools um, that you don't have in your house or your apartment. But I think a lot of people are super intimidated by machines and just don't know how to use them and don't know how to learn how to use them. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to gym machines, and to clarify, we're talking predominantly today about the strength training machines. So right. we have cardio cardio machines, like the which treadmill, are the and treadmill, the... elliptical, stationary bike, the stair mill, um, and those are just to name a few. But today we are going to be talking about, like you said, those big, either gray and black, or sometimes. Burgundy, (laughs) depending on what era your equipment is from. Uh, No, but these are the big, big pieces of machinery that sometimes can look very intimidating if you do not know how to use them. And you're absolutely right. I I am the queen of the at-home workout. Mm -hmm. When it comes to at-home workouts, I am the first one to say and have said many times on this podcast If you have enough space in your apartment to lie down on your back, you have enough space to lay out a yoga mat or a towel and do a complete total body at-home workout. You don't even need dumbbells. You don't even need bands. But if you just so happen to Amazon Prime yourself some 5 to 10-pound dumbbells, awesome. And I'm excited we're doing this episode because I feel like in our history... We've spoken about all the non-machine exercises. Yeah. yeah, like I always encourage people to 
to feel empowered that they don't need a gym. That being said, there are a lot of pieces of equipment and or there are a lot of pieces of machinery at the gym that I actually really love. Yeah. That and you can't really do, to be honest with you, unless you have access to a gym. And the and other thing is, I think, to me, it's mostly just about, like, feeling like the whole gym is for you. Exactly. I think a lot of um, people uh, feel like that whole section of the gym is for somebody else because they don't really know mm-hmm. how to use it. And so I, my goal with the episode is to make it so that anyone feels like they get access to the whole gym they're paying for yeah. <laughs> instead of just their little corner where they already feel comfortable. Exactly. We are all about breaking free out of your comfort zone and empowering you to to challenge yourself and to do things that might feel a little bit scary and a little bit intimidating and to go in there feeling super confident like you know how to use these pieces of equipment. And also to not hurt yourself. And to not hurt, hurt yourself, yeah. <laughs> because how it's to like use them we wanna not to hurt yourself how to not hurt yourself. Up the confidence level and decrease the injury level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so one of the problems with this is that I'm going to have to try to describe machines at the gym. Um, but luckily Daphne and I are looking at a set of pictures that I will also post on the show notes. Um, so I'm going to try to visually describe the machines, um, so that you will know what you're looking at at the gym, but you can also, we're going to try to use like standardized names for things, Mm -hmm. um, uh, so that you can look it up if you're like, what are they talking about? Mm -hmm. Um, And the first one I wanted to talk about is one that Daphne has had me use, Mm -hmm. um, which is the lat pull-down machine. Yes. And if I had to describe this... So the lat pull-down machine, we have two variations of this one. There is a machine at the gym where you can take a seat and there is a straight bar above you that is kind of curved at the ends and you pull that bar down to your chest and you feel an activation in the back's your upper back muscles, but mainly the lateral sides of your upper back muscles, um, AKA your lats. Yeah. For that one, you're, the you're backs like, of your armpits is what I, yeah, you're seated you're seated on a bench, looking at a stack of weights. And as you're pulling down the bar ahead of you, the weights in front of you go up and down. Exactly. Yeah. So this is one of my favorite machines at the gym because this is legitimately something I think in my opinion, um, there are ways you can do this at home. But you're not going to get the same benefit as being able to go pretty heavy with the lat pull-down machine at the gym. If you were to do something like this at home, you would have to do something along the lines of, um, I mean, yeah, you can do a lot of upper back exercises with dumbbells, but this specifically, you'd have to do some type of a Superman and then a lat pull-down, and then you stretch your arms back out, and then you pop back down. Right, because the feeling of it is like pulling the feeling of it is against a resistance yeah Mm -hmm. um the thing the machine seems like it's really good for is like providing that resistance in a way that's hard to do since it's a pulling motion it's hard to do that without equipment exactly yeah that's why for me personally i love the pull machines at the gym because uh you can't really do that with dumbbells uh even heavy dumbbells i mean sometimes Mm -hmm. it's nice to just have that cable resistance so the lat pull down machine it trains your lats um, the other way to do this machine is the pull up, the assisted pull-up machine. Mm-hmm. And that is the one where you place your knees on a little like little floating pa- floating pad thing. Platform thing? Yeah. And then you adjust the resistance to give you assist. And then you grab onto the bars above your head and you kind of let your body dangle and you pull yourself up and down. All of these moves are getting you ready for a pull-up. 
And the lat pull-down machine is strengthening all of your upper back muscles, but mainly focusing on the lateral or the outsides of your back muscles, the lat, um, the lat muscles. Um, so when I am doing it, what are some things I should think about in terms of form? Like, where so, do I hold on the bar? So you're going to be holding relatively wide, but with your shoulders packed down and back and away from your shoulders. When you perform away from this your ex- ears. Oh, sorry. Away from your ears. <laughs> yeah. No shoulders for earrings. And the goal is to sit with your knees planted at a 90 degree angle, your knees at a 90 degree angle and your feet firmly planted on the floor. So that little rolly thing above your knees is just touching the tops of your knees. A common mistake I see is people do not have their knees at a 90 degree angle bend. Their feet are pretty much tucked under them. Sure. And that's, um, you don't have a strong foundation at that point. And probably what you need to do in that case is lift up that little rolly part that goes above your knees Mm -hmm. so that your knees can go high enough to be at a 90 degree angle. I always say with this one, proud chest. What I see a lot of times is people hunching over and they're using mainly their fingers and their forearms to get the bar down to their body. You want to use your upper back muscles and your biceps to get the bar down to your chest as you squeeze and pinch the muscles behind your armpits and that's where you're gonna be feeling. Cool, yeah, when when you described it to me, you sort of described like um, holding onto the bar relatively wide but with my shoulders down and back, pulling down and thinking about bringing the bar to like the, what is that, the solar plexus yeah, or like, yeah. so oh, the top like right, of your chest? Right below your collarbone. Right below mm-hmm. my collarbone, which helped me think about like, like you said, like proud chest. Yeah where my shoulders are down and back, but also I'm not like tweaking my neck out of yeah, line or exactly. like doing anything super Your weird. Your neck stays neutral. That's a great, and I always tell people, if you imagine yourself wearing a V-neck yeah. t-shirt right at the bottom of the V. You're like pulling down is, to the V. Mm-hmm, yeah, and then this stance is really how you want to be pretty much in day-to-day life, but you know, doing all exercises. <laughs> always so, proud chest. Always proud chest, and that is the lat pull down. Cool. Um, and then in terms of, uh, like, you said you can lift pretty, or like, you want to be aiming towards lifting yes. quite so, a bit of weight doing this? Yeah, it should feel heavy. Um, I recommend three sets of 12 reps with rest in between or doing another exercise or a few exercises in between. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason why um, I like to hit 12 reps is you want it to feel heavy. It should feel good, but your form should never be compromised. However, by the time you get to the, your third and final set and you only have like three or four reps, you should feel like you are in struggle city. Mm-hmm. And they should feel like your form is still there, but your muscles are fully fatiguing. So whatever that weight is to you, it's going to be different for every person. Um, that's so play a thing, around with it. Yeah, that's a thing that I think um, is really helpful about, like, if you keep a notebook or even just, like, jot in your phone afterwards, like, today, lat pull down X number of pounds or kilograms, mm-hmm. just so that the next time you come in you remember what you did mm-hmm. because it's really easy just to like either do the same thing for like six months yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then it's like it's fine but you're not like progressing you're not getting stronger um, or to be in some ways to move backwards because you like just can't remember what you yeah, did yeah. and then you get to the end of your third set and then you're like I probably could have lifted heavier next time and then mm-hmm. you don't because you forget because you're a normal human um, so yeah taking a little note definitely can yeah. be helpful First set's definitely going to feel easier than the third. That's for sure. That makes sense. And a few general rules. Um, Every time you're using a machine at the gym, you never want 
that stack of weights to clank. Right. If it's going crashy smashy. Yeah. You never want to. Something's going wrong. Yeah. If you are performing an exercise and you hit the weights hitting each other, uh, you don't want that. So you want to... With the lat pull down specifically, it would happen when your arms go back up. That's when the weights would come down. You want to go at a slow pace where the weights do not clank back down. This is a general rule for every single machine. And also with every machine, slow and steady wins the race. Think of this term called time under tension. You do not want to speed through these moves the way you would speed through jumping jacks or like jump squats. I like to do fast and feel that burn in my thighs. This is not that. This is strength. So you want to go slow and steady. You want to take two or three seconds to to get the, you know, pull the bar down to your chest, hold it for a hot second, and then take two or three seconds and slowly release it. Yeah. If you're letting it smash and crash, then you're not controlling your movement. Yeah, and, and then you're, then you're just wasting your time. <laughs> not to make a big deal of it, but you're uh, you're wasting your time. Uh, cool, let's move on to another machine. So this is the leg extension machine. Mm-hmm. This is one I'm always jealous of people when they're using because they're sitting down. Yeah. Um, and it looks like a chair with um, like a stick going from the front of the seat that goes down and there are like two little rolls coming Mm -hmm. off of that stick. So I want to talk about the leg extension and the leg curl simultaneously. Cool. So these are two machines that every gym has. I'm going to clarify this right now. The leg extension machine works your quads, the fronts of your thighs. The leg curl machine works your hamstrings, the backs of your thighs. If you are at a gym, once again, Leg extension, quads. Leg curl, hamstrings. These are two machines that I would recommend specifically if you are doing rehab. If you have had some type of injury and you have you cannot squat or you cannot lunge, then I absolutely say go ahead and do these machines. Um, or if you are like, I had to use these machines when I was rehabbing after surgery, after ACL surgery, the way you do the machine for the leg extension is you take a seat, you make sure this little rolly thing is adjusted over your ankles and you straighten your legs. When you straighten your legs, I mean, everyone, if you're sitting right now, if you straighten your legs out in front of you, you're going to feel your quads tense, the tops of your thighs. That's what you're working there. In our culture, in our culture, in this day and age, not so much our culture, just as a society, our quads are, we're pretty quad dominant. Um, I would say if anything, we do more of the other one, the leg curl. But anyway, so that's how you do the leg extension, working the quads. Um, Leg ex, nope, leg extension is quads. Leg curl. Leg curl is when you are seated, but the roller goes underneath your ankles and the resistance is your legs are straight and you are curling your legs and you are kicking your heels with your knees bent down and kind of to your butt. Yeah, so this, sometimes they look like um, they look you're exactly. almost like lying down on uh, that's your stomach. A sep- yeah, so that's a separate one. You can do mm-hmm. the leg extension there's a lying down one, which is very simple. You just yeah. lie down on it, the rollers go over your ankles, and you literally curl your heels into your butt, and you feel a tension 
in your hamstrings. Like you're in Bye Bye Birdie and you're a telephone girl exactly. and you're like putting up your exactly. ankles. That a is reference I'm sure everyone understands equally. <laughs> I loved that movie. That was so, so great. So that's um, like curl machine number one. Like curl machine number two was the one where you were seated. Mm-hmm. Rollers are underneath your ankles and then your hamstrings have to activate to kick your heels underneath you to your butt. Right. So that one's working the hamstrings. Um, you can do these if you would like. Is the reason that you don't recommend them as much for like an average person with healthy I'll muscles? Explain. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason why I don't recommend these for people with healthy muscles is um, these machines are good in the sense that they isolate one muscle group. If you don't need to isolate one muscle group, you may as well just work all your major muscle groups in one go. Um, I do think that there is a there is a perk to the specificity of training maybe just your hamstrings. You can also train them by doing things like glute bridges and exercises like that. Um, in my opinion, I prefer doing deadlifts than the hamstring curl. Sorry, yeah, hamstring curl and the leg extension, in my opinion, if um, you're not rehabbing from a knee injury. Or, or, you know, if you are really trying to build up quad strength, like if you really do not have muscle strength in your thighs and you really need to do this, absolutely go ahead. Um, however, there are better ways to train your legs. And um, it seems like ways to get more bang for your buck because so many of the lower body exercises you're using not just your quads, not just your hamstrings, but like your mm-hmm. quads and your hamstrings mm-hmm. or like those things and also your glutes. Definitely. And like, yeah. Yeah. So there are machines that I love and then there are machines that you can almost ignore. And these are more in the like, these you are probably in our category, category unless you have special circumstances. Yeah, exactly. They're not bad. Yeah, they're not bad. There's just better ways to do they're, it. They're not bad. They're just, um, I would put these in the category of, of um, people like them because they're technically easier although one might argue that well if I go heavy on it yeah you'll feel it obviously but everything is easier when you're just training one muscle group mm-hmm. in one and you're sitting so cool well let's talk about one more um leg related machine mm-hmm. um this is one that I often see like big dudes who are like obviously like uh like lift lifter dudes Mm -hmm. at the gym doing and that's the leg press machine Mm -hmm. so if I had to describe what this looks like you're like um sitting with your butt close to the floor and your legs sort of up in the air at a diagonal yeah and then there's against pressed against a platform yeah um and uh you're uh there's like a barbell uh, or some other version yep. of weight attached to the foot platform yeah. thing. And so the one you're talking about is the leg press that you would uh, potentially see in the weight room. Yeah. And then there's another leg press that you would see on the gym floor. Mm. That's the exact same thing, but it's the version of it that feels a little bit less intimidating in which you're just seated, not leaning so far back. You're just seated and then your feet do go up in front of you with your knees bent, but your feet get planted on a board in front of you. Then you adjust the weight and then you literally press the thing away from you, press the board away from you with your thighs and you bring them back in. So this machine is, um, I would say it's an okay machine. Um, Like press, whether it's the first one that you described in which you load the plates yourself. Um, Like I used to do this one a lot. Um, Or if it's just the regular leg press in which you 
like these are in every single gym in which yeah. you go and you just sit and then you just put on you know 50 pounds and or put the little uh, like knob you on adjust the sort you of just the preloaded the, weights you put the preloaded weights and then you push either your seat will go back or the the little pad will go forward with your feet it, it depends on the machine so this one is mimicking a heavy squat hmm. um it's fine <laughs> I, I I like it it's uh, sometimes I feel like this one puts a little bit of strain on the hip flexors. Mm. And oftentimes when people go too heavy, people tell me that they their knees bother them mm. after they do this one. And that means that the weight was too heavy and that the joints were bearing too much load and it was not working the muscles enough. So this one I would recommend if once again you are rehabbing and you are trying to build up a little bit of leg strength. Uh, squats can absolutely do this, the same muscle groups. And then the only other time I would recommend this is actually in kind of the polar opposite range. Say squats are actually not feeling good for you, but you still do want to build lower body strength. This one, especially the first one that you described, your back is pretty much fully supported for this first one you described, which you're kind of like leaning backwards fully. Right. And you can really, once again, isolate the legs. That's why people like these more. You're sitting, you're lying down. I would recommend this move if you are, um, if you cannot do squats for some reason. And I would also recommend this move if, uh, yeah, rehabbing. Rehabbing and then that big, heavy, aggressive version of the leg press that we're talking about that is always in the weight room, mm -hmm. not the gym floor, the one that you have to load the plates onto, that one you can perform, you know, that one, it, you can go heavy with that one. You can, you can isolate the legs. If you're really trying to work on just building up your legs and you don't want to think about like your core, <laughs> go ahead and do it. But Daphne most of the time would encourage you to think about your core. I would, yeah. I would say to, to ultimately at the end of the day do a heavier squat. Yeah. Um, if I am using a machine like this and I want to make sure that I am using it in a way where I'm not going to injure myself, mm -hmm. it sounds like making sure that I'm using an appropriate level of weight so mm -hmm. that I'm not like crunching my knees yeah. is an important thing. Yes. Um, and probably you should still engage your core, right? Yeah, definitely still engage your core. Always engage your core. Um, this does work the quads, the glutes, and the hamstrings. And what you are looking for is placing your feet wide with your toes slightly turned out and keeping your knees in line with your ankles. Exactly what I would say to you if you were doing a squat, right? Yeah. So you'll feel this one in your quads and in your hamstrings. Cool. Yeah. The next one I wanted to talk about, I don't actually have a picture of, but um, it's a... Uh, a machine that I use for doing rows mm -hmm. and I'm talking not about like the cardio rowing machine where you see people like zoom zooming away uh while they're watching uh you know um MasterChef Junior or whatever mm -hmm. um but the like weight version of that where you're sitting on a bench and your feet are sort of like propped up slightly bent in front of you and then you have usually like one cable that's attached to a uh, sort of like bent handlebar that has a place for both of your hands, mm -hmm. um, where you are then like pulling that back, um, in like a rowing motion, mm -hmm. uh, with your like back and this shoulders. This goes into the category of like favorite machines. Ah, yeah. we're yeah. back, we're back in we're Daphne's back at, favorite zone. Yeah, we're back in my favorite zone. Um, so notice my favorite moves are a lot of pull mm -hmm. exercises 
uh, or a lot of the pull ones. Yeah. I mean, honestly, some of the machines are completely useless, but um, <laughs> the the ones that are good are real good. Like you, you almost can't get that same work done with dumbbells. So this one um, I love. I also love the concept two rower, which you're talking about. Um, although I've never seen a rower with a TV on it. No, so. I guess I usually see them. The TVs like up. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. On the wall. Yeah. So the the cardio row machine is is amazing. So yes, like you said, we are not talking about the cardio concept two rower machine, um, but we are talking about exactly what you described: the seated row machine. So many. Uh, so many variations of this essentially you are seated and you are holding either onto cables or bars and you are pulling them you are pulling them so that your fists go to your rib cage and you feel a squeeze in your upper back muscles as if you were squeezing a pencil in between your upper back so the seated row machine is one of my favorite machines for correcting posture um, and also for strengthening your entire upper back and essentially eliminating pain from your neck and shoulders because once we correct your posture that tension your, your shoulders stop rolling forward so I do this machine I I really like it because I can go heavier than what I can do with dumbbells mm-hmm. yes once again you're seated very true I could do a bent over dumbbell row with weights with dumbbells um, this one is really great if you have any lower back stuff going on and if that bent over hinge for you feels uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So if you are feeling like that doesn't feel good for you, the bent over position in which you have a soft bend in your knees and you hinge forward at your hips and you can do rows or kickbacks, this is is the exercise for you. So all you do is you sit once again at the machine um, uh, and you plant your feet either on the ground or maybe there are little foot pads in front of you. You adjust the weight and you have to also adjust your seat and you have to make sure that when you reach your arms in front of you to grab whatever it is you're grabbing whether they are cables or whether they are little bars that are kind of jutting up into the air that your shoulders are still packed down and back and your arms extend straight in front of you not too low and not high above you straight in front of you Hmm. test it out and then do a few reps at a light weight and if your fist touches your rib cage And if your elbows can go behind you, and if you feel like you can still pack your shoulders down and back and away from your ears, and all the work is in your biceps and your upper back, not your shoulders, then that's the right position. Then go ahead, adjust the weight, make it a little bit heavier, do the exact same thing as the lat pull down, do about three sets of 12 reps. Cool. Um, Should my torso be moving back and forth while I do this? That's a great question. So no, the torso actually stays in the same place the entire time. What I like to do is I actually scooch my butt back a little bit, and I keep my abs in, and I lean forward. Oftentimes with this move, your chest has a little pad to press into Hmm. on the seated row machine. So if there is a little chest pad there, lean into it, use it, lean into it, use it, and that will give you a little bit of support in which you can row. Cool. Yeah. Um, This next one is um, also an upper body one, and this one um, I've never actually used, Mm -hmm. um, but it has a funny name, which is Peck Deck Mm -hmm. Machine. So the Peck Deck, I'm going to put these two in the same category. There's a Peck Deck Machine, and then there's a shoulder press machine, and then there's a Mm. chest press machine. These go in the category of all the 
machines that you don't need to use. <laughs> yeah. This is the one where you often see like the dude sitting in like basically a chair position with his yeah. arms in like a yeah. um, cactus women. shape. I see a lot of women using this too. Sure, and but so... I'm going to make fun of the dudes because, <laughs> you know, the patriarchy. Um, and they're basically like squeezing these like bars and pads towards the um, towards the center of their body and they're like hoo, 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 hoo. Yeah. So this one is Oh, gosh, that's a pointless machine. So, yeah. <laughs> Daphne's so, so mad, you guys. You are... can't see her withering glances, but she's giving withering glances at my picture on my computer. There are some machines that I just feel like were made... Granted, a lot of this stuff is my opinion. I, I'm just going to, like, state that. Yeah. But it's also the opinion of a lot of trainers, too. And for this pec deck machine, it is training, obviously, your pecs. People love it because you feel it in the pecs. Uh-huh. You feel it. People love exercise. People love exercises in which you're just working one muscle group and you're either sitting or standing. <laughs> like, people love bicep curls. People love the, the pec deck. People love bench press. It's okay. I mean, I love bench press, too. I love bicep curls as well. But if one were to choose a bicep curl over a burpee, I get it. Bicep curl's easier. That's why people like it more. Pec deck is easier. That's why people like it more. You tell a guy to do 20 push-ups, that is actually legitimately more challenging than doing 15 on the pec deck. But people like the pec deck because people can feel it in Mm -hmm. the right muscles. So yay for you if you're feeling it in the right (laughs) muscles. Um, Is it going to work them? I mean, yeah. Is there a better way to work them? For sure. Honestly, for this range of motion, it's a fly. It's a chest fly. I would prefer you to lie down on your back with your heavy dumbbells and perform a chest fly. Lie down on your back on a bench. The reason is it's just going to be a little bit more unstable, which is going to force you to be more stable. It's Mm -hmm. more challenging for us to do dumbbell exercises than this move specifically. Same thing with the shoulder press. That's another one where you just sit on the machine and you have little kind of bars in front of your chest. Oh, sorry, like in front of your shoulders, mm-hmm. and you just press straight up and down. Um, it's just it's too easy. You may as well stand and use dumbbells. And then the next one is the machine chest press, in which you are once again seated and like sitting upright, and you have the machine, there's little grippy bars in front of your chest. You put each hand on one, and you push your arms forward until your hands are in front of your body, and you feel this in your chest. Once again, there's nothing wrong with these moves. There's nothing wrong with these machines. In my opinion, unless you are rehabbing or unless you are, I don't even know how to say this. Like, I, I was honestly like it's an age thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just going to be frank. Like, yeah. this is, these are moves that I would... If I were training clients and I'm working with a client who's maybe in her 60s or older and we are just working on waking up and activating her muscles and I haven't built up the core strength with her Mm -hmm. just yet, but I do want to activate like her chest and her shoulders, I would use this. So this is a good thing to, or good place to say if you are rehabbing or if you are, um, you know, middle age or older and you haven't... um, you know, maybe you haven't been working out regularly or you're coming off of not being able to work out regularly, then some of these might be a great option for you. Yeah, totally. And there's no, like, if there's you are in that thing, place, there's no shame in that. Exactly. Another thing I do want to um, say is as much as I crap on a lot of these machines, 
there's nothing wrong with them. Like, right. As much as I crap on them, if you are using them, don't feel embarrassed. Like, I don't, I literally don't judge anyone. Yeah. Because I don't care what anyone else does. Like, <laughs> once again, judgments of other people are reflections of ourselves. So you do you. Um, I, this is just my opinion. <laughs> this is just my opinion based on all of my exercise science knowledge and what I would do personally with clients. Instead of the pec deck machine, I would do chest flies. Instead of the chest press, I would actually, uh, chest press machine, I would just do bench press or push ups. Instead of the shoulder press machine, I would just do dumbbell shoulder presses. So I hope I didn't offend anyone. Actually, I don't really care. Um, if I did offend you, you know, it's okay. Just try what feels the best for you. Keep doing what feels the best for you. But honestly, like I would use these machines maybe on. And then if you're an older person and you're like, oh, but I can do standing everything. That's totally fine. I'm talking about my experiences um, specifically. Totally. So, yeah. Well, so now I want to talk about three machines that you specifically wanted to talk about. I assume yeah. because you like them. Because I love them. Um, let's talk about the cable pulley situation. Yes. What does okay. this look like? So, when you go to a gym and you see a big contraption of a machine with cables that adjust down and back, and then you see a whole bunch of random little handles lying around on the floors. Because <laughs> that is people always didn't what it looks them, like. Yeah. People didn't put them back. Some of them look like little triangles. Some of them look like ropes. This is my favorite machine. This is hands down my favorite machine. You can do everything with this machine. You can do rows on this machine. You can do tricep exercises on the, this machine. You can do chest exercises on machine. this machine. I love it because it is cables. It's unsteady, but it's heavy, but it's unsteady and heavy all at the same time. Super challenging stuff I do with my clients all the time. And you are standing. You're not just sitting. You're not just sitting on a machine. So my favorite, one of my favorite exercises that I find very effective for myself and for my clients is just the tricep push down. So you're gonna go to your little cable machine. You are going to pull that knob out and you're gonna slide that cable up as high as it can go and you're gonna clip in the rope. It's a little two foot rope has little knobs on it and you're just gonna clip it in. Like it's sort of looks like a horseshoe yeah, version of. of a rope where yeah, there's like yeah. a handle it's on like, each side. Yeah, kind of dangly. Mm -hmm. And then um, you just grab onto the rope above the knobs and you, the range of motion is you have the ropes, the, the knobs in front of your chest with your elbows bent and you straighten your arms down so that your fists separate at the bottom of the exercise and your arms are fully extended. Therefore, it's a tricep extension. Super fun. Really good. <laughs> um, Awesome. So, yeah, it, it makes sense. Uh, there's a connection between all the things that you've liked, which is that they have to do with pulling. Yeah. They yeah. have um, often, like, pulleys yes, involved. Yes, yeah, pulley systems involved. I guess all of these have and, pulley systems involved because that's yeah. how they work. But the, that, yeah. those, like, pulling motions. Yeah, and even though technically the tricep pushdown is a push exercise, but that's a, it's, it's still involving a, a cable. Mm -hmm. And it's still involving um, being stand... So, essentially... Uh, the moves that I really like are the ones that I find, yes, involve the pull and for the most part are not seated. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Although for, yeah, for some of them you have to be sitting, but true. So I love the cable machine. You can do rows on this just by adjusting the cable down to like chest level and putting, you can even still use the ropes. You can still grab the knobs in front of you and then pull your fist to your rib cage, strengthen your upper back. Lots of stuff you can do with this. Um, in terms of how to adjust this piece of machinery, um, the knob, uh, I, I've said this before on the podcast, take a hot second, use your brain, read the machine, 
let your brain figure it out. If there's a knob, it looks like you need to pull it out and oh, you've pulled it out. And then all of a sudden that thing can slide up and down and then it clicks in to lock into place. You figured it out. So uh, you can do a lot of work with this machine. And then of course you can always ask a trainer. And then the last one that I actually really like is the lower back extension machine. This, this one, one, calling it a machine is almost an overstatement. Yeah. It's sort of like yeah. a special bench. Yeah, yeah. It's like a bench that you get onto, and it hits you so that you're at a diagonal, and it hits you right at your pelvis so that you can lean all the way forward so that you're dangling from your hips down. And then you straighten your body up. This is strengthening your lower back. That being said, this is also one of the most um, commonly one of the machines people most commonly injure themselves on. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense because, like, I feel like everyone has seen someone at the gym who's just, like, wailing on one of these yeah. machines, and it looks like they're just, like, throwing their torso around. Exactly. So the first thing is you want to make sure... Yeah, that's the one right here. So the first thing you want to do hyper is... Hyperextension bench. Yeah, the hyperextension bench. You want to make sure that the length of the little pads on your pelvis are right underneath your belly button. So the top of them should hit kind of right underneath your belly button so that you can still hinge forward and suck your belly button and still hinge forward until you're kind of dangling. And then when you straighten your body up, you just hit a pretty much a plank from your ankles to your um, shoulders. You don't want to extend too far back. You should be feeling this one in your lower back. This, this seems one, like one... You could just do a Superman on the ground, but this is, <laughs> this is a way to up it. Um, I do this one holding a plate. Um, this seems like one where slow and steady is really going to win the For race. For sure, yeah. I would only recommend about three sets, honestly, maybe eight reps to start off with this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is one where you really want to be going, there are no weights to clank, yeah. but like your body is the weights in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So make sure that you're moving slowly and carefully enough, A, that you're getting like your full range of motion. The reason why um, this one is more effective than a Superman, a Superman doesn't give you full range of motion. You start neutral spine and then you just lift your body up and then you're back to neutral spine. This one takes your spine in what we call a full range of motion. Your spine completely flexes and then your spine completely extends. What we don't want is hyperextension, which is when you arch your back too much. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because at least this one website calls this a hyperextension bench. Let's just call That's it an funny. extension yeah. bench. We call it a lower, yeah, I do call it the lower back extension bench. Cool. Cool. Well, um, I'm gonna do a little takeaway. Um, so most gyms have some sorts of machines and some of them, um, are, uh, garbage. No, some of them are not as useful, but some of them are pretty useful. And so, um, in order to feel like you have access, like everything in the gym is for you, Mm -hmm. um, that it's not just like, oh, that's for other people. Um, we wanted to talk about the machines. So Daphne particularly likes ones where you are, um, doing pulling motions, or in the case of the tricep one, it's technically a push, um, and off, look for ones where you're standing while you use them. Um, but also the lat pull-down machine is great, and the rowing, uh, seated rowing situation is also great. Um, uh, things to look out for is uh, make sure that you are um, using your core so that you're still supporting your body while you're using the machines. And not clanking the... Not clanking the weights. Yeah, slow and steady. Slow yeah. and steady. Um, if you uh, you want to be like really tired by the end of your third set, um, but not so tired that you're clanking your weights. Um, and if you don't know how to use a machine, um, A, we will include a bunch of stuff in the show notes. B, 
like Daphne says, take a hot second, look at the machine, and um, uh, read the instructions. Uh, and uh, you'll be able to get a lot of the way there um, if you just give yourself the time to look at it. Yeah, um, that's a great takeaway. And then also, at the end of the day, do the machines that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Because I'd rather you do a machine that you enjoy than not do anything at all. Right. Great point. Uh, thanks, Daphne. This is a feature I'm calling Rage Box, where I get up on my soapbox and just rage about a thing that is driving me insane. Uh, so I was in a cab on the way to the airport because I'm very fancy. Um, <laughs> just kidding. It's because there's no better way to get to LaGuardia from my house. Um, and <laughs> I heard a uh, an ad that started talking about food guilt. And I was like, that's so interesting. Yeah. What body positive product would this possibly be for? Turns out it was for I Can't Believe It's Not Butter. Uh. And they have this new campaign that is all based on the idea of taking the stuff we talk about with food guilt and then manipulating it to um, be about why you should then buy their low-calorie spread. Um, Eva Longoria, who I like, is the spokesperson, which is very disappointing. Um, And, uh, yeah, their whole thing is, uh, keep your inner peace at mealtime. Are you going to do that by doing the hard work we do on the show? No, you're going to do it by buying their low-calorie margarine. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) So... I want, th- I want to use this as a jumping off point to talk about my rage at how the language of um, body positivity, um, self-care, and um, you know, getting rid of food guilt is now being co-opted by marketers to sell diet products. Yeah. And it makes me very mad. They know what's up, sadly. So <laughs> companies are getting this, the, the fact that the trends are shifting towards... Um, shifting in this direction in which we're no longer talking about dieting and uh, they're they're trying to take this language, if you will, this like positive language and they're trying to sell their products with it, which is disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we wanted to get on this rage box just to say, look out, just because someone says the buzzwords of um, body positivity or um you know, avoiding food guilt. Avoiding food guilt isn't about making low-fat choices. Right. Avoiding food guilt is about getting rid of the idea that there are good foods and bad foods and that the goal of eating food should be losing weight. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. You completely hit the nail on the head. So they're taking that and they're trying <laughs> to sell their, their product with it, but still subconsciously trying to convince us that this is a better product because it is, quote-unquote, less fattening, lower calorie. Right, guilt-free. And guilt-free. Guess what? The guilt doesn't come from the food. The guilt comes from you yeah. having the idea that you need to lose weight. Mm-hmm. All food is neutral. No foods are good. No foods are bad, um, unless foods are made of poison, in which they are bad. <laughs> And then I'll talk about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat food that's full of poison. Otherwise, yeah. everything's on the menu. Don't eat food that's full of poison. Otherwise, eat everything. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah. And I love how it markets itself as gluten-free. Of course it's gluten-free. Right. Like, there's no gluten in... Anyways, but I love how they have to put that in, even yeah. though, historically speaking, gluten doesn't really exist in 
like the butter world. Right. So but. the point is, um, as you're hearing this stuff, um, use your critical brain and be like, mm, is this uh, actually about getting rid of food guilt? Or is this ad actually trying to um, promote food guilt so that then they can sell me a product that assuages it. Right. And they're still trying to subconsciously tell you that butter is bad and it's fattening. I mean, the whole product is called, I can't believe it's <laughs> right. not butter. Butter has existed since the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. Butter has existed before modern technology. People were eating butter, I, I'm talking centuries and centuries and centuries and centuries and centuries ago. So... When did butter become the devil, right? When we so, could sell a butter substitute. Exactly, yeah. So all of a sudden butter became, and I hate the word fattening. I hate it. Yeah. Get out of the 1990s, people. Yeah, people. Get, get with it. Stop using the term fattening. See, now people are using the term fattening even if it's a high sugar food. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, that's still fattening. Or even if it's, and then people will say that, of course, if it's a maybe higher fat food and they say mm-hmm. it's fattening. What do you mean by that? Like this yeah. food automatically puts fat on your body? Right. And what? guess what? Like it's okay to have fat on your body. Yeah. First of all, A, it's okay to have fat on your body. And B, we can't live our lives equating this food makes me fat and this food makes me thin. This right. food makes me big. This food makes me skinny. Like we got to let that go. Right. Because all of that is basically just another way of saying this food makes me good and this food makes me bad. Mm-hmm. And food doesn't make you good or bad. Yeah. And butter is great. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I think moral of the story, be aware of the fact that a lot of these products are just trying to sell you something using the language now that they know we are using, sadly. Um, I almost prefer it when people are just like blatantly, right? Like this is a weight loss yeah, product. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least be clear, yeah, guys. Yeah, That's... but they're trying to keep things trendy. I mean, even Longoria looks stunning of on the website. Um, yeah, you know what? And I bet she eats butter. <laughs> I'm sure she does. Yeah, I I doubt she's putting hydrogenated oils, or I mean, I, I doubt she's putting palm kernel oil. In her body, maybe her hair, but not her body. So <laughs> but the um, point is, the point is once again, uh, you know, if you go directly on their social media and on their website, they are selling you a lifestyle, and they are selling they're, they're selling you beauty, and they're saying if you eat this product, you will look like this person, you will be her, and um, and and then she, you know, is talking about like you know like eliminating food guilt and and you know good relationship with your body. Of course, like that's all. Fine and good, but at the end of the day, us all being aware, it's to sell a product that has a lot of oils in it that I wouldn't put in my body, but maybe on my skin. So <laughs> so there you so go. So there you go. Don't eat poison. That's our rage box. Rage box. Uh, thanks, Daphne. <laughs> thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shawflam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes, help subscribing, and to join us on Patreon, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at justonemorepod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.